You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. EHS is uh, an acrostic for emotionally healthy spirituality. The premise is it's impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. And all the people said, help us, Lord, (laughs) grow us up. Sometimes my confidence has never been in my ability to be, you know, a mature son, but it's knowing that I have a good father who knows how to raise his son. And that's where my confidence rests, is he knows what I need and how to present it to me so that I can grow and mature. So that's going to be a wonderful time. Uh, Pete Scazzaro is the one that wrote the book, and uh, his materials are really, really excellent, and we'll continue to look at that. Right now, we're in a period in our church history known as Eastertide. Can you say Eastertide? Eastertide. That's that period from Resurrection Sunday to the day of Pentecost. And it's during this process of of these 50 days, that 40 days we have Jesus, after he's risen, he's showing himself, making appearances, and he's going about blessing his disciples, training them, preparing them for his ascension, what's gonna come at the end of the 40 days, and then they continue to pray for another 10 days until the day of Pentecost comes. Now that's interesting. In the scripture, we don't have a whole lot that happens from the time of his resurrection, where he meets with everybody on Resurrection Sunday, as he's with them, and then he's, he's made known to the 10 disciples that are meeting in the room with the locked doors, and he comes and he appears, and he says peace, and shows them his hands and sides, and they are just blown away. He's already appeared to the women earlier in the day, the two on the road to Emmaus, and now them. And then the next thing, at least according to the Gospel of John, we don't see anything that happens the rest of the week. This would be a good discussion starter in your prayer time with the Lord. What were you doing, Jesus, from the day you rose until the next day when Thomas is finally present and you reveal yourself a week later to the disciples and to Thomas again? And uh, it goes on from there. So use this time, allow the Holy Spirit to come and and just give you a hunger for the scripture and and search out the scriptures and look through them and discover all the wonderful things. I I was really surprised that many times folks don't even realize that Jesus was on the earth 40 days after his resurrection. I I preached that one time in my church many years ago and I had a guy come out and say, that's heresy. And I said, well, let's open up Acts chapter 1. <laughs> and let's, let's see what the Bible says. And uh, I've always been interested. I, I think if there was a time period that I could live in, I would love to live in that time period of those 40 days of finding out what Jesus was wanting to tell his followers before he went to the right hand of the Father and released the Holy Spirit. What were the things that he was trying to prepare them for to get them ready to change the world. Hmm. Well, next week we'll start our series called, calling, called Following Jesus. We're gonna look at several 
uh, passages in the Gospel of John. We're going to look at the woman at the well. We're going to look at Nicodemus. We're going to look at Mary at Bethany. And we're going to look at the transforming power of the Lord's presence in each one of those individuals' lives. So it's going to be a wonderful time. Come with your hearts hungry and, and ready to receive. And let's anticipate from glory to glory. When you go from glory to glory, there's a transforming process that takes place. You are at your current state of relationship with the Lord. But then as his presence comes and as you spend time with him, you'll find that you will get an increase in his glory in your life, his presence. The glory kabod in, in the Old Testament, Shekinah in the Old Testament, uh, doxa in the New Testament, all words that are always connoting the fact that Jesus, Father God, Holy Spirit is presence. Where the glory is, there the presence of the Lord is. And so let's increase in our understanding and in our growth and development of the glory of the Lord. How do you do that? Well, I'm going to say it again. Relationship, relationship, relationship. It's not by catechism, Bible knowledge, and doctrine. All of those wonderful academic, intellectual, mind, head-oriented things can bless us, but they can also derail us if we don't have first that heart-to-heart -heart relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, Father God, and Holy Spirit. And so it's out of that relationship that we go. Have you ever been in a relationship with someone and all of a sudden you felt really emotionally distant? It's like, what happened? What happened? You probably stopped communicating. And that's why today we're going to talk about prayer. If the key is relationship, 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 then how do we develop relationship? Prayer, prayer, prayer. We got to have communication with the Lord. We got to spend time with Him. We got to get to know Him. Have you ever prayed anything like this? Uh, God, please help me get this job. Lord, please heal this headache and sore throat. Lord, would you please send enough money to pay the bills? Mm. Father, take away my fear. And then my favorite one, Lord, help! <laughs> I need help! A cry of desperation, Lord, help! The scripture says, ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Amen. Mm. In James it says, you do not have because you do not ask. Have you ever asked for something and not, got, not received it? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh, there's another verse. After verse 2 of James 4, there's verse 3 of James 4. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your pleasures. Oh, my. Hmm. Some of the newer translations are a little more descriptive of uh, using it on our own selfish ambition. Talk about so possibly, God, could you give this to me? 
Could you do that? Could you wave your magic wand over here? Get me out of this mess. I got a little plastic crate that I gave to Ann this week. It's been, it's been there for probably 20 years. And it's a, it's a motion sensor and you turn it on the motion sensor and as you go by it, it starts shaking. And a little voice from within says, can you get me out of here? Can you get me out of here? And I'm thinking, oh, that's the cry of, of many Christians. Lord, can you get me out of here? Could be some of your cries today. Lord, could you get me out of here? What's this preacher talking about? You know, hmm. Praying for our needs, praying for the things that we desire, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. That's part of prayer. That's part of giving expression of your heart to the Lord. And that's perfectly all right. But that's not all that prayer is. That's just one aspect of prayer. So sometimes the disciples had been walking with Jesus for, for quite some time. And in Luke chapter 11, at verse 1, they just say, Lord, teach us to pray. You know, I think he loves to answer that prayer because that's a prayer. That's a request of the Lord. Lord, teach me how to pray. And you could probably even say it, Lord, teach me how to pray now, today. Because how he teaches you to pray today may be different than how he preaches you to pray tomorrow. Because it's a, a living relationship. There's certain things that when I'm talking with Debbie, she may really want me to take her for Mexican food today, but tomorrow it could be Italian. We need to listen and be in relationship so that we understand what he's saying and how he wants to, to relate to us. So as we do that, we realize that prayer is really just seeking him first. It's, it's taking time to seek the Lord. It's wanting to touch him. My primary love language is physical touch. And I love it when I sense that the Lord's touching me and when I feel like I am touching heaven, when I am touching him. Those are the, the zenith moments in my spiritual life. We wanna to get to know him better. We just wanna be with him. I went through a series of, of weeks where I just got up at 3 a.m. and just sat in my prayer chair and waited on the Lord. I didn't intercede for the family. I didn't say, Lord, you gotta change this church. I didn't go to the church problems, the church needs. I just waited on the Lord to see what he would do, see what was on his heart. You know, one of the things that's really oftentimes missed is he wants to share his heart with us, but we never invite him to share his heart. And when we get intentional and we, we carve out time, we say, Lord, this is a time that I really want to just be with you and hear what's on your heart. Because you know what's on my heart. I don't know if, if one of the things that's part of prayer is our confession. Lord, Forgive me for what I've done. Forgive me how I, I, I talk to the kids or to, to my spouse. You know, Lord, bring forgiveness. And confession's really, really important. But some of us are so into the confession mode, 
in our religious dynamic that, you know, uh, where the, the stream that I grew up in, we were constantly so insecure, we didn't know if we were gonna make heaven uh, today if, if we did something that was out of line. And so it's like, Lord, search my heart. See if there be any wicked way in me. That's a good prayer, especially if you just committed adultery. That's a really good prayer. Thank you, David, for modeling that for us. But the, the dynamic of that when we're doing it out of fear is completely different. And one day I was just doing that in my religiousness of prayer. I was just saying, Lord, examine my heart. See if there be any wicked way in me. And, all that. and he spoke, scared me to death. <laughs> he said, Rick, I know your heart. I want you to examine my heart. And it was like, uh, what? And it was an invitation to come and to know his heart. I've been swimming in his heart of love and I haven't got past the mercy dimension. And I've been doing this for years and years. And I'm amazed at how merciful and good and loving his heart is. So examine his heart. Don't get religious in your conversation with God. A lot of times we think, well, I'm not a good prayer. Have you ever said that? I'm not a good prayer. What are you saying when you say, I'm not a good prayer? I don't sound like the religious people. I can't make these wonderful, uh, ornate, verbal expressions in public. No, prayer is your heart to his heart. And sometimes we do that corporately and, and, and in a group, but most of the time it's by ourselves and it's our heart. And one of the things that the devil uses is that if you happen to go into a service and you hear someone who prays a beautiful prayer and you really sense that, and then the enemy comes and says, oh, you can't pray like that. Would you just slap him? That is the biggest lie on the planet. It's like, no, the prayer the Father wants to hear is the prayer that's in your heart. The prayer that in your heart you can ask the Holy Spirit to give you language to be able to express what's in your heart and to express it to the Lord. So, speak to my heart, Lord. Tell me what I need to hear. What is it I need to hear? In Matthew 6, 8, it says, For the Father, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. Have you ever heard that verse? Father knows what you need before you ask. Then why ask? If He's a good Father and He loves you and He knows what you need before you ask, why even bother asking? I'm glad you asked. I, I want to explain this to you. Because God has given us free will, he has set it up so that we always have a choice about everything that we do, including whether or not we choose to communicate with him. He will never intervene where man does not want him. God wants us to desire 
to be with him. So there's no love in a relationship where one person dictates how the other person is going to relate to them. There's always got to be choice if love is going to be an option. If you're going to experience authentic love, you got to realize that there's always freedom to choose. God knows our thoughts, but he responds to our prayers. Psalm 139 says, you know what I'm going to think, you know before I rise, you know what I'm going to say. He knows all of that, but he doesn't respond to that. He responds to our prayers. <clears throat> We've got to come to the place where we realize that prayer is a privilege that we always have. We always have the privilege of praying, <laughs> but the power in prayer is always his. Hmm. Without God, we can't do it. Without us, God won't do it. Hmm. Things don't, won't happen in my life unless I pray. And as long as I'm just asking for things, I gotta realize I need to take it up a notch and partner with God for the things that he wants. Amen. I need to align my spirit with his, and together we could see his perfect will being done on the earth. So how do we pray effectively? Glad you asked. <laughs> you know, the more you hang around someone, the more you kind of take on their traits and character. Have you ever discovered that? I remember as a little kid that uh, as I hung around my little playmates that would cuss and swear and do all sorts of nasty, naughty things, it was real easy for me to just kind of suck right into that until I said one of those four-letter words that I didn't know what it meant, but mom did. <laughs> okay, hmm, I guess that's not a word I'm supposed to use. The same thing happens when, when you're around people in the kingdom who love the Lord. You find that they rub off. One of the stories I always tell is that when I, whenever I get a lunch with Dave Knoll, just a, a tremendous uh, worship leader, prophetic brother, and we go to lunch, man, the anointing that's on him just spills on me and I'm like, I'm like a mini prophet for a day or two. It's just like, whoa. I just, I just rubbed shoulders, just broke bread with him, just shared some good Thai food. We like Thai food. And as, as we, we did that, it's like, wow. Who you hang out with is going to have a profound influence and their character you're going to begin to catch. That's why I highly recommend handing out with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They have good character. When they rub off on you, you won't get in trouble with mom. So hang out with them. That's how his character gets formed in us. <clears throat> but one of the ways that the, we're vulnerable to attack is our self-worth. It's amazing how the enemy knows how to just get us discouraged and, and just cause us to have some circumstances that are just at the right time in the right place, and all of a sudden we lose all sense of worth and confidence. We've got to realize that we've got to establish our lives 
being connected with him. We can't receive God's best in our life if we're not praying, and we can't push back the things that God never willed for us if we're not praying. It's through prayer that we push back the stuff that the enemy's trying to introduce, and it's through prayer that we receive the things that the Father's wanting to release. Notice this quote. We have to pray over everything that concerns us, no matter how big. With God, nothing will be impossible, Luke 137. Or how small? I don't want to hear any comments after the sermon. <laughs> the very hairs of your head are all numbered, Matthew 10:30. So we see that prayer is important because it's our conversation with the one who will transform us and change us. So here's 15 reasons to pray. And I've got handouts. If anybody wants these 15, because you probably can't write them all down as fast as I'm gonna go through them, but we have those and we can make those available. I guess I left them on my desk. I meant to bring them in. I don't think they're there. 15 reasons to pray. This is from Stormy or Martin. How many know Stormy? Yeah, she's amazing. She's got all those prayer books, praying for your husband, praying for your wife, praying for your children, praying for your teenager, praying for your Shih Tzu. No, I don't think she's written that one yet. <laughs> but if she writes it, we'll be buying it. <laughs> the first reason to pray, <clears throat> to seek the face of the Lord and to know him better. Psalm 27, verse eight. Oh, that I may seek your face and know you. Mm. Number two, to get your eyes off your problems and on to the Lord. That's why it's good to go with petition. Go, go with those things that are burdening you because until you get those off your chest, you're not really going to be in a position to fully connect with what he wants to release to you. So it's, it, when you're having a conversation, you can start at every, every, every place. You know, it doesn't matter. There's not like a formula on how you do it. You can start anywhere. It's like your conversation with your friends or your spouse. You don't always start your conversation with my beloved, most dearest Debbie, could thou spend a moment with me and heareth me? You know, it's, it's not that kind of dynamic. You just say, man, I am tired. And we start with tired. And then we release our tiredness to the Lord and we go into his refreshment and we go into his energy. I love when, when Paul says, and I, I, I do this with all the energy that's his, that's working in me. Then thirdly, to speak to God. This is how we speak to the Lord, we pray. And prayers have so many beginning points, but if we persist in prayer, it's amazing where they'll take us. Number four, to unburden your heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number five, to make your requests known to God. He loves to hear what our requests are. To hear God. Did you ever think that prayer was about listening as well as talking? We've got uh, 
a wonder little, wonderful little four-year-old granddaughter named Zoe, and she gets in the car and she talks nonstop. She jabbers about everything that we just saw and then she backs up. And if she needs to, she'll go into yesterday. And if she needs to, she'll go into last week. And if she needs to, she'll go into the last time we were at the place that we just visited. And she will just continue talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And it always starts with, Papa. So I know it's time for me to listen. Hmm. You know, God's a good listener. But he's also a good speaker. And it would do us well if we would stop and listen. What is it that he wants to say? Let's hear God. Number seven, to be free from suffering. Is anyone sick? Anybody suffering? Let him call and receive prayer. Let's pray. Hmm. To resist temptation. Yeah. Boy, when you're coming up against it, I don't know how that hits you, but I can feel it like a, a significant period of time before the actual moment of the crossroads of the temptation comes. I can feel that there's something that's kind of gnawing on me, and it's, it, it's kind of trying to deaden and, and, and just kind of make my sensibilities uh, a little more numb. And whenever I feel the numbness, I know it's time to pray. I don't know what's coming around the corner, but I, I've walked this long enough that I know that whenever something is intentionally trying to get me to be indifferent, to numb my heart, to numb my sensibilities, to lose a sense of sharpness uh, in, in my spirit, I know that's the time to pray. If I wait until the temptation's there, sometimes it's like the tipping point's already gone by and pray at the moment that the Holy Spirit begins tapping you on the shoulder and says, we got a place where we're gonna need to resist something that's coming around the corner. Let's get in touch now and let's connect. To be rescued from distress, Psalm 107 verse 19. <clears throat> Anybody ever been in distress? It's like, yeah, we need rescued. It's like when, when we're in it and, and we don't have the ability to pull ourselves out, that's the time to yell, help! That's the time to cry out to the Lord. Number 10, to receive God's reward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you pray in secret, if you go into your prayer closet, if you're not praying to be seen and get the accolades of everybody around, and go for the most spiritual believer on the planet, and you're, you're doing it in hiddenness, huh, that's when Father loves to reward us openly. But when we're praying openly, then the praise of men is all we get. That's the reward. I don't know about you. I like it when people say nice things about me, but 
that doesn't even begin to compare than when the Lord rewards openly. Number 11, to withstand evil. And there's where we put on the full armor of God. And after we've got all our, our armor on, uh, we pray and we stand. <clears throat> and then John 16, to have joy. You know, I love, I love the passages of John 14, 15, 16, 17, uh, and the discourse of Jesus that's going on there, because oftentimes he's talking about his joy would be complete in us. And he wants our joy to be complete in him. And as we, we look at the use of joy in those chapters, it's just amazing to have joy is to be talking and to be in his presence. In your presence is fullness of joy. <clears throat> to get close to God, Isaiah 64. <clears throat> Best way to make a relationship is, is to communicate. You wanna get close to someone, start talking. Start talking, find out what's going on. And, uh, you know, in, in many of our relationships, we know that when the conversation is one way and one person's doing all the speaking and the other person's not getting a word in edgewise, that doesn't make for nearness and closeness. There needs to be that rhythm of communication. We understand it in, in our relationships with human beings I pray that we'll begin to understand it in our relationship with the Lord. <clears throat> to be healed emotionally. Mm. James 5.13, yeah. The emotional, healthy spirituality really helps us look at the, the things that keep us emotionally immature. And some of that is how we talk, how we converse, how it's gimme, 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 or are we maturing and are we growing? And we realize, Lord, you know what I need more than what I know. And to have peace, yeah, the peace that passes all understanding. So let's talk practically. If you don't pray, you won't pray. How profound is that? And the best place to start with prayer is to start. And the, the best way to, to make it a part of your life is, is see if you can find the rhythm of your own life day to day of where you can begin to start your day in a conversation with the Lord. It's the best way to wake up. It's the best way to go to sleep. It's the best way to go throughout the day. Paul's admonition to pray without ceasing, to pray continuously is a wonderful, wonderful thing. But sometimes that looks like you gotta be a saint to do that. And I'm so far from sainthood, I'll never get there. No, it's, it's just realizing throughout the day to pray and to be with the Lord. I think it'd be a, a wonderful thing for us to, to find that. For me, when I got serious about prayer, I knew for me it had to be the first thing I did each morning. 
I had to make time to do it first thing in the morning. Otherwise, there'll be too many distractions that can come through a course of a day that kind of get, gets me off center. Then to have a place, I highly recommend you find a place. When I was pastoring a free Methodist church up in Maryville, Indiana, it, we, the church was out in the middle of all the cornfields and the parsonage was on the first part of 10 acres and the church was in the middle. And I would get up in the morning and just in my gym shorts and flip-flops and t-shirt, just go right over to the church sanctuary. Never had to worry about anybody ever accidentally popping in on me. They didn't really want to be there on Sunday, let alone through the week. And so I could go there and just have a wonderful time with the Lord and just be with the Lord. And I've never found a place that was quite as sweet as that place throughout the week, every day, just going over there and praying. Find a place. <clears throat> Since then, I've graduated. Now I have, as I've referred to it earlier, my prayer chair. It's one of those automated recliners so that I can get the lower lumbar just set perfect and I can sit there. Because if you're going to spend time in prayer and it's going to have any amount of time, any duration to it, you want to make sure that you're comfortable. And so this is, this is just smart. And, and as you get that, you will be able to stay in that posture and continue to receive from the Lord and commune with the Lord. So having a time, having a place, and I would add having a chair, <laughs> having a spot, that is good. When you pray, there's no formula to it, but here's some things that uh, are good, good things to consider and possibly put in your exchange, your conversation with the Lord. One, t tell the Lord how much you love him. Debbie still likes to hear it. Tell the Lord. Tell the Lord how much you love him. Thank him for all that he's done for you. Thanksgiving, so important. State how dependent upon him you are. Lord, I need you. Tell him everything that's in your heart. That's the nice thing. He already knows it. So confessing it is just easy because you know, know he already knows. Don't try to hide anything. Give him all your requests. And you can get very systematic. You can get your prayer journal. You can write down especially family members and things that you really want to see the Lord move on. Wait for him to speak to your heart. He will speak. We just got to listen. Matter of fact, he's always speaking. Praise him for working powerfully in your life. Amen. So don't think that you can't pray. If you can talk, you can pray. Don't worry about how it sounds because it's coming from your heart. And as you try to give expression to what's going on in your heart, you'll get better at it. The Lord will give you language and continue to pursue that. All the Bible says, the qualification for prayer is that <laughs> Hebrews 11:6, he who comes to God must believe that he is. You gotta believe that God exists and that he, reward, he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So seek him. He is a good God.
You'll find that the more you pray, you'll find more things to pray about. The more you'll be led to pray for your family, for your friends, for your enemies, hmm, you'll, you'll understand that the enemy won't be able to take anything off your prayer list. And you do it because Jesus has asked you to. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for just these moments of reflection on prayer. Mm, I thank you for Stormy O'Martin and, and uh, just her wonderful insight and, and the ability to release prayer and make it, make it real for us. I ask Holy Spirit that you would give us language and that you'd give us desire to spend time with you, with Father and with Jesus. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.